0: My name is Padre Gautuma and the dialect of Irish that I speak is the Munster Irish and maybe specifically the Cork and Kerry Irish and other Irish language speakers around the country laugh at us because we tend to overemphasise these long vowel sounds. But that's what I've always loved about poetry is long vowel sounds create music and listening and much and all as initially when I moved up north and people were laughing at the way I speak Irish I'm now very proud of that and I speak my own dialect with great joy and engage in happy banter about why I think it's better to overpronounce long vowels Today's poem is by the Irish language poet Nuala Ní Hónal it's called Caschnachangann and I'll read it in Irish and in English Caschnachangann by new life. Cairam aghóchus ar Jangan, By changan Fui mar a lagfón nínán A gleobán A fiach fita fóita Da Is bitchamín pic Fa quimaltil a An son E lag emask i Is coigal na man sí le tev na cháin Feachant Nad ríis Fechant, Dal of and Vorig inin Aran. The Language Issue by Nuru Nironu, translated by Paul Muldoon. I place my hope on the water in this little boat of the language. The way a body might put an infant in a basket of intertwined iris leaves, its underside proofed with bitumen and pitch, then set the whole thing down amidst the sedge and bulrushes by the edge of a river, only to have it borne hither and thither, not knowing where it might end up, in the lap, perhaps, of some pharaoh's daughter. Nolan the wrote when she was Ireland professor of poetry, she wrote that she lives with the reality that she speaks and writes in a language that might be dead before she is. And that is such brutal talk. Um, in the 70s and 80s she was considered one of the Irish language revival poets it was a whole troop of them brilliant brilliant poets who she said sometimes were in competition with each other and they were wanting to write in Irish about sex drugs and rock and roll so they were wanting to bring this old language into speaking about very contemporary things And the knife edge on which languages like Irish dwell is a really careful knife edge because um, it's so dear in the hearts of people, but so often in policy and in provision and in education too, um, that language might suffer from neglect. And so I see this delicate, delicate image that she has, a powerful image as well as delicate, of a woman wishing for a language to live, knowing that she mightn't be the one to be able to make it live. And she, like the mother of Moses, places this language in a basket and sets it afloat on a river, hoping that it might be picked up by the daughter of an enemy and that that picking up might be something that helps it revive. And I just think that that image is such a powerful one and is such a different kind of image that you see in comparison to so many other ways of speaking about language preservation. There is reciprocality here. There's an old reference to enmity in this poem. And similarly, this poem is a poem that dwells in the economy of women. And Irish language poetry has so often been dominated by the voices of men. And not only Irish language poetry, but English language poetry from Ireland. So many of the names that are known internationally are the names of Seamus Heaney or Yeats or Cavanagh. And NolanNgonal is making a point about gender and language, as well as a point of endangered indigenous languages like the Irish language here. the 1800s, the Irish language was the absolute lingua franca of Ireland all across. And then the famine from the 1840s certainly was exploited for political gain in terms of economy as well as in language. But there has been a long history in so many parts of the world where language has been used as a weapon From the 1300s, it was illegal for Irish people to speak in Irish to English people when those English people were in Ireland. And then from the 1500s, that language was made illegal in the Parliament, as well as in certain places around the country. From the 1700s, the usage of Irish in courts and legal documents was criminalised, bringing a fine. And then in the late 1800s, when people were bereft and falling apart because of the impact of that awful famine. Um, it was Irish Protestant people who were involved in a revival of the Irish language. and So often the history of the Irish language is spoken about as if it is a Catholic language against the Protestant population of Ireland. And that's so untrue. It's a language that's owned by so many. I heard Nuala Nigonal interviewed once and somebody had been saying to her, where is your home? Because she was born in England of Irish parents and then at the age of five she was sent back to Ireland to be brought up by an aunt in County Kerry in an Irish speaking area and she said that when she thinks about home she thinks about the Irish language that the Irish language is her home and so I do feel like this poem is one of the summative poems of her life she's written many she's a prolific and brilliant poet but I always come back to this one and love it dearly. It's hard for me to imagine my life without the layer of the Irish language while I operate 99.9% of the time in English. I'm always at some point during the day thinking about how would I say that in Irish? What's the context of saying that in Irish? Or I'm talking to myself in Irish. The other week a Robin came into the house and was trapped inside the house and I went to try to free the robin out through a window. It was only after I had gotten the robin out that I realised I'd been speaking to the robin in Irish, that it was a language of consolation, it was a language of tenderness. Even though Irish can say harsh things, nonetheless for me it's a language that holds something of the heart in it. The Irish language doesn't have a particular word for yes or no, if you ask me a question and I want to say no, I'll have to respond with the verb of that question. So if you say, are you coming to the party? I can't say, yeah, I'd have to say, yeah, I'm coming to the party or no, I'm not. And I love that, that there's a courtesy of paying attention to the verb that's used in a question, that you have to conjugate that verb in the reply. I think that's influenced the way that Irish people go about conflict as well. It's influenced our joy, it's influenced our sadness. The Irish language doesn't have a verb for love. And so instead, we've had to find ways around that constraint. And so one of the ways of saying that you love a person, particularly romantic, deep, erotic love, is to say to them, Mohyolhu, you are my music. And that's a way of getting around the constraints where there isn't a formal verb for something and nonetheless finding a new way with the poetry indigenous to the tongue to say the very thing that you mean. <laughs> I think this poem invites us into both grief and hope, grief for languages that are endangered or are put under spotlight or are used as a football by people who want to suppress them. And then it also brings into us the possibility of hope, that there are ways within which language will survive. And it is Nuala Nicónal as a person who has worked in the Irish language her whole life and her professional life has been so much about the Irish language revival and using it so well. It's her saying she knows that she won't be the final one to save it, but that there might be some element of hope, there might be some element of surprise, there might be something new that nonetheless picks up an old story that might bring about a revival and a safety of that language. Keshna Changen by Nulan Kurum roches er snar, <speaking> the margin Changen, Fui maralag van Nianan, the clear van, Vioch fitter forter, riloga fellestrum, his bitchumin, August pick, the crimelter lina hoen. On some e a lagashis imaskning yolchach, skwegel namanshi, lethevna hauen, fechant nadrish, koddurig on stroe, fechant dal of wish on an vorig inneen aren. The Language Issue by Nulanichonel, translated by Paul Muldoon. I place my hope on the water in this little boat of the language the way a body might put an infant in a basket of intertwined iris leaves, its underside proofed with bitumen and pitch, then setting the whole thing down amidst the sedge and bulrushes by the edge of a river, only to have it borne hither and thither, not knowing where it might end up, in the lap, perhaps, of some pharaoh's daughter.
1: The language issue comes from Nuala Nigonal's book, Pharaoh's Daughter. Thank you to the Gallery Press, who gave us permission to use Nuala's poem. You can find a link to the poem in our show notes, along with Padraig's guiding question for this episode. Poetry Unbound is... Chris Heagle, Erin Kalasako Siri Grassley, Eddie Gonzalez, Lillian Vo, Christiane Wartell Gotham Shrikishan, Karen Navar wiki Karen Towie, Suarisa, and me, Lily Percy. Our music is composed and provided by Gotham Shrikishan and Blue Dot Sessions. This podcast is produced by On Being Studios, which is located on Dakota land. We also produce other podcasts you might enjoy, like On Being with Krista Tippett. Becoming Wise, and This Movie Changed Me. Find those wherever you like to listen. And if you want even more podrick and poetry in your life, visit us at OnBeing.org, where we've recently launched an entirely new way to experience poetry. Listen, watch, or read hundreds of poems from our collection. This podcast
0: is produced by OnBeing Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota.